This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. And with me today, Hot Ham Wednesday, Hot Ham, John Ham, Hot Ham, John Ham. How are you doing, John Ham? Did you deliberately just say that three times? I gave the triple double Hot Ham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. So last night, Russell Westbrook tied Oscar Robertson. Uh, in triple doubles for a season at 41, which is so insane. Uh, and also the Thunder completely destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks, who aren't a bad NBA team, who are in the playoffs in the East, who are above 500, believe it or not. Uh, they absolutely stomped them. Uh, but let's talk about triple doubles. So, of course, we are human beings. We're obsessed with round numbers. I think that's been established this <laughs> NBA season. Uh <laughs> That are that argument is so so dumb. <laughs> well, because we're humans, we have uh, <laughs> we are obsessed yeah. with the with the tens. But I prefer numbers that end in eight because I'm much yeah. smarter than you. It's like okay, come on. <laughs> I, I run an NBA team and I went to a prestigious Ivy League school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Daryl Morey's Twitter feed makes me so mad. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, I, someone, uh, I mean, a non-Thunder fan, uh, you know, we were going back and forth a little bit, and he's like, you know, this pettiness from the Rockets, I think is going to hurt Harden's game. It should. It is. Uh, it's yeah. astounding. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, Daryl is, I think that he does a good job. I think that he's made, you know, this, this Houston team something that, I mean, it's something he should be really proud of. Um, but to be petty about it and not, and Fred talked about this on his podcast, I think yesterday, that it's not that he, he's like building up Harden, which he should be doing, but that he's like te- right. trying to tear down Russell Westbrook, um, which, right. which you can ask Milwaukee, it's impossible to do that. Um, right. Yeah. But it just, it's absurd. And just people yeah. tearing, like, we don't need to tear down James Harden to prove that Russ is the MVP. You know, we don't need to tear down Kawhi. We don't need to tear down LeBron. They're all just incredible NBA players. I mean, probably all top 50 all-time players. Uh, but there's all of them have enough of a positive case where we should be able to say, you know, Russ's PER and his box score plus minus and his ability in the clutch and, you know, dragging this Oklahoma City Thunder team to where they are today. Like, that should be enough. And Harden's, you know, you can make his case with wins and efficiency and the amount of points that he scored. I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. But, um, yeah. yeah. What, what, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on on the uh, the triple double record in last night's game? Yeah, I mean uh, it's the first time. Uh, so Oscar Robertson did that what a couple of years ago? Was, was that when he did the triple double? Oh no, it's been fifty. It's been five oh years. It's my dad called me and was like, "Well, 
The last time that this was done was when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've talked about this on some of the post game shows that, um, yeah, I, obviously, I mean, stats have kind of exploded right now, kind of like, you know, baseball home runs in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, except there's probably not any uh, illegal substances in play here. <laughs> yeah. But still, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be duplicated anytime soon. Maybe it will be. Maybe this will be like when, you know, Barry Bonds hit 70 home runs right after Mark McGuire hit 63 or what have you. But, I mean, this could very well be something like in 20 years when, you know, LeBron James third is <laughs> tearing up the <laughs> yeah. league and someone says, you know, he's. He has a chance to be the first player since Russell Westbrook to average a triple double. Yeah, you know, so it's like he's he cemented himself there. I mean, that he's he's um, uh, he's kind of set the benchmark. I mean, that he, he's going to be referenced anytime the triple double comes up in the future. Yeah, that's true, and I love how people say, "Like, well, you know, Oscar didn't win it in his year, so probably Russ shouldn't deserve to win it in this year." Like, what in the? Like, how is that logical? I mean, that makes no sense. Okay, so the guys above Russ need to do the following things: one, average fifty points and twenty-five rebounds a game, and the guy who wins it needs to uh, have like basically a twenty-twenty season. So as long as the guys that are above him are doing that, fantastic. <laughs> And I think where a lot of people have been like trying to set expectations of people like, Hey, you know, just, just so you know, this is, you know, last time this triple double happened, here's where he finished in the MVP race. Um, not necessarily like, you know, trying to justify like, well, this is where he deserves to fall because of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are trying to temper expectations because I mean, look a week or two ago, there was, I I think the momentum was squarely in Harden's favor. Oh, it Um, was. Yeah. It's it's shifted. It really has shifted since then. Just you know, my uh, I don't know, my, tapping into the Twitter sphere like I do. Um, I'm sensing a big shift towards Russ. Yeah, I, I I mean, if if it ended today, I think that he w- I think he'd win the MVP. I do. I think that everybody like knowing that he's going to make history is one thing, but then when he actually does it. And he does it in the fashion that he has over the last week, where he's basically just completely dominant. And with the exception of last night in the first uh, two quarters of the Spurs game, the guys around him have been really bad. Like the Thunder have really, really struggled. Uh, and the, what he did against the Mavs and the Magic, and I know it's the Mavs and the Magic, but he did something so incredible and so special and something that probably no other really probably no other player in the NBA would have done just because they would see the lead and they'd say, you know what, let's pack it in, let's try again tomorrow night. Uh, There's just not a guy in the NBA that has that kind of will, that kind of maniacal will to win like Russell Westbrook does. Uh, Everybody, I think everybody has that to an extent, but it's much more tempered than Russell's. And what he's been able to do has been absolutely insane. Uh, and then he reached 41 triple doubles last night. I'd be shocked if he didn't get another one tonight, uh, just because he he's on a roll. And it's if the Thunder are going to win or they're going to compete at all, the history says he's going to have a triple double. And I expect them to compete with the Grizzlies. The good thing is that the Grizzlies played the Spurs in, in a game that was down to the wire, and the Thunder actually might be a little bit more rested than the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, so that should be an interesting game. It also 
um, will play into the playoff seedings. So the the Thunder are a couple games up on the Grizzlies now, and if they if they win tonight, they basically solidify that they get the six seed, um, and it's basically solidified yeah. already. It feels like uh, for, for a while there, it felt like the Thunder wanted the seven more than the six, and I kind of I I honestly wouldn't blame them. I think I'd rather play the Spurs uh, um, than the Rockets, but. Um, I think it, yeah. it kind of is what it is at this point. And we'll, well, and it, there's also the issue of, you know, like telling Russell Westbrook, okay, we, we need to take it easy tonight because if we drop a couple of games, we fall into seven. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's not wired that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> Billy looks over at Sam. He's like, well, I've played Samaj as much as I can. Like, I can't really justify <laughs> playing him 30 minutes tonight, Sam. <laughs> I don't know. Or can I? <laughs> okay. Let's push the limits of this Samaj experiment. <laughs> let's just let's just see what happens. Uh, great. Uh, anything else on the triple doubles? I mean, it's. I mean, that's. This is NBA history. If you haven't stopped yeah. and thought about it, this is something that people are going to talk about for the next you know fifty years. Like fifty years later, we're still talking about the Big O. We're talking about Oscar Robertson and what he did and how incredible it was. And up until this season, it was like, well, that's one of the records in American sports that will never be broken. Uh, it's you know everybody thought if anybody was going to do it, it's going to be LeBron James, and he had yeah. he hadn't been able to do it. And Russell Westbrook, under the circumstances that Kevin Durant left, and there's basically no other playmakers on this team. He's he's doing it and he's done it and he's going to smash the record and it's going to be his and his alone. He's going to average a triple double. He's going to have more uh, than Oscar did and this is this is history made in Oklahoma City. Uh, so please uh, take some time to recognize that because it's a really big deal. Well, and if there's anyone outside that thinks this isn't a big deal, I was honestly a bit surprised. I was not in the arena last night, but I was watching at home. Um, the way the crowd was into it for that last rebound and last assist <laughs> um, and, and their reaction to it. And not only that, but then his teammates reaction mm-hmm. after the game, mm-hmm. you know, for any, anyone out there wringing their hands over, you know, all oh, the big men are boxing out so Russ can get a rebound. Like they're in on it. They're willing to do this. Yes. You know, th- my whole thing has been, is the team winning, and they do when Russ gets a triple double, and are his teammates okay with it? And they are. No, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, maybe this, maybe this is not a long term um, success plan. If you want to, I mean, getting back to the playoffs this year is great. If you want to win playoff rounds, I think you have to have more than one versus five. <laughs> but sure. worry about that another time. I mean, the reality is the Thunder are a playoff team this year. If they win a round, it's exceeding expectations. You know, let this happen. And in the past, when players have had a really high usage rate season, it's come back down the following season. So it's usually a one-year thing that's pretty special. And, you know, it's... Things should be a little bit different next season. If anyone is out there just wringing their hands about, you know, the team success. Yeah, no, it it should. They they will they should have a different team to start of next season. Uh, I would be a little surprised if this is the exact same roster that comes back uh, at the beginning yeah. of next season. But yeah, it's it's an incredible feat, and um, you should appreciate it. Uh, another thing that's incredible, John, is anchor down. They have. Uh, yes, it is. I want to highlight a couple things that they have. So we know they have corn dogs. 
We know they've got these incredible uh, pizza tots. We know they have great house chips. But they've also got a mega coney, and I've had this a couple times, and it's so good. So they have, it's an all-beef hot dog with mustard, house chili, jack cheddar, queso, green onions, and jalapenos. And it's so, so good. It comes with the house chips. Drink it down with a nice Anthem beer. It's so, so great. Go check out Anchor Down uh, during the playoffs. They're going to be playing every Thunder playoff game there. They're going to have it on the big screen outside. They're going to have it playing inside. It's a great place to watch a game. Also a great place to grab lunch if you work in the downtown area. Go check out Anchor Down. And if you're feeling a salad, I'm telling you, their salads are good. they got a chicken cob and a tree hugger salad. The chicken cob, mm, very good salad. <laughs> So I, uh, that's not good. I, I may need to go buy for breakfast and get uh, get an ice cold beer and a hot dog. Yes. So. <laughs> sounds Corn pretty, dog. Sounds pretty good right now. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to. So I think that what Russ is doing, what Russ has done, is incredible, and it's incredible that he's he's had this individual accomplishment. But it's also incredible that he's done it on the team that he's done it on. And I think the Thunder have a lot of talent. But it's all young talent, right? I mean, they've they've got you know Todd Gibson's thirty one, he's the oldest contributor on the team, uh, so nobody older than thirty one is contributing to this team really at all, um, and everybody else is basically twenty five or younger. So I wanted to rank the contributors on this team as far as what they've done, not on the player that we think they can be or the player that you know the Thunder think they can be that it's. This is exactly what they've done this season, and who are the best guys doing that? And it's I, I just want to just have this exercise where we can talk about it and kind of realize again how special Russ has been this season. So, who is who's been the most consistent contributor in your mind, John? I would go. I'm thinking Oladipo. Yeah, and. And that even includes like the stretch where you came back from the sprained wrist, and you know obviously it, it's been talked about, and I can pull up the stats where healthy Victor Oladipo was shooting the heck out of the basketball this season. Even his down stretch wasn't bad; it was kind of what you expect, you know, out of Oladipo overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably say that that his backcourt mate has been his most consistent uh, contributor this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Just because he contributes on both ends. And the Thunder yeah. struggle to... I mean, he may be really the only other guy that contributes on both ends at a quality level. And so I think that he has been the most consistent player besides Russell Westbrook. 16 points, he's shooting 37% on threes. And like you said, if you, if you take out the hurt wrist, it's well over 40%. Um, but yeah, Vic, Vic has been very good and I think he's been a beneficiary of what Russ has done, um, as far as his shooting and, and all that. I think that Vic has been, Vic has been really good. Um, now it gets muddy, John, because we're, we're in, now we're into the players who probably only contribute on one side of the ball, um, consistently. So who's, who's your number three? I would probably put Cantor here. Ooh, yeah. Um, okay. Despite, I mean, the obvious defensive issues, um, I feel like he's consistently, you know, scored, rebounded, boxed out, done all of those other things. Um, in other words, there really hasn't been a stretch this season where I've said, man, Ennis really needs to pick it up, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so, and that's, that's where I'd probably go with him next. 
Some people might kill me for this, but I think the, the third. Samaj? I think it's Samaj Christian, guys. If you really look at it, no, I, th- <laughs> I think it's Andre Robertson. And I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out his case real quick. First of all, I know he can't shoot, and I know that he's not what? a good on- offensive player. I know he's twenty four point six percent from three this season. I know, I know it. I know he has an effective field goal percentage of fifty one. I know that his free throw percentage is forty three percent. Well aware of all those facts. Now, he plays the third most minutes on the team. He plays over thirty minutes a night, which I think matters. I, I do agree that Cantor, in the minutes that he plays, has been super consistent. But he's only <laughs> averaging 21 minutes a game, which I think <laughs> is like the only real knock on him. I think I definitely have him after Robertson, just because I think that you're right. He's consistently giving effort. He's consistently scoring. He's always doing his job. Uh, and he's really, I think he's kind of maxing out, at least for today, the abilities that he has. Uh, And last night, man, he destroyed Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe had maybe one or two moves in the post. We're like, oh, that was pretty nice. But every time that Cantor was guarding him, Cantor had his hands on the ball just instantly almost. And he he fumbled the ball multiple times because Cantor was right there and playing great defense. Uh, And he's... Greg Monroe is one of the guys that I think Cantor can defend pretty well because he can defend post-up guys really well. Um, but mm-hmm. he, man, he was he was really good last night. But Robertson contributes on the defensive end every night. Um, and I, I think that he's been consistent in that. I think he's also been consistent in what he brings on offense. Uh, he'll, he'll have nights where he breaks out where he'll score 10 points or something like that. But he's he's been the most consistent defender on the team all season on a team that is ninth in defense. So this Thunder team, if you took Robertson just straight off the team and you added, I don't know, like C.J. Miles, like I think that they would be a much better offensive team. But what are they, the 16th ranked defense maybe? Like I think that they drop off significantly because then who guards? Probably below league average, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like who guards the best uh, perimeter guy? I mean, yeah. probably Oladipo, and Oladipo's a good defender. He's not he's not awful, uh, but Robertson he's he is an elite defender, and deserves to be on the All Defensive Team. Deserves some consideration for de- Defensive Player of the Year. Although I don't think that he'll get it, and I don't really think that he should get it. But I think he deserves consideration. Right. Uh, what he did to Giannis last night, uh, who's having an All NBA season himself was pretty crazy. I mean, that block that he had on him in the first quarter where Giannis drove and he blocked the ball into Giannis's head and out of bounds. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's was an impressive play. He was, if, if you were looking for a highlight reel of Andre Robertson and like what that he can bring to the table for the thunder, watch rewatch what he did in the first half because he, yeah. he was it was maybe one of the most impressive performances that he's had maybe ever. Uh, he, he was incredible last night. He shut down Middleton. He shut down Giannis. He was getting balls, uh, you know, getting his hands on almost every ball and getting the Thunder in transition. He was, he was just incredible. Um, that, that's, that's my case for, for Robertson for number, t- number two. You just convinced me to flip-flop my answer. He's he's good, man. I, and I think if Ennis was playing thirty minutes a night, I think that I would I would have Ennis. 
Uh, but it, yeah. the menace thing is just a big deal to me. So I have Cantor third, um, yeah. which is really pushing Steven Adams even further back. But it just kind of speaks to the inconsistency of Adams this season. Um, even though Adams does play 30 minutes a night, his uh, he's been a little spacey lately. Um, and he hasn't quite made that jump that you'd want him to. Ennis, Ennis knows that his job is to come in and score, and he does that. So he's only playing 21 minutes a night, but he's averaging 14 and 6, almost 7 rebounds a game. Let me look at his per, per 36. So per 36, Ennis Cantor is 24 points, a block, uh, an assist and a half, and 11 rebounds a game per 36 which is pretty crazy. And then you look at Adams, and I know that numbers aren't everything, that these counting stats aren't everything. I'm not trying to say that they are. But Steven Adams per 36, he's 13-9. and Um, Mm -hmm. Cantor has just been very consistent in what his role is. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, what do you – who who do you think is next, number four? Uh, And this is where we start getting into, I, I guess, fairly shaky uh, territory here. I would probably. I'm, I'm inclined, unless I'm forgetting someone. I mean, you, maybe a case for Taj, but he hasn't been here all season. Yeah. Um. And so I, I would probably slot Adams here. Yeah, I think so too. And I want to. I want to go on a couple of things here because I've had people tweeting at me about how this 100 million dollar contract is going to be an albatross. <laughs> um, <laughs> So th- there's a, there's a couple of things. One, I don't think people realize he's 23. Yeah. Um, I think after the playoffs last year, some people had some fairly unrealistic expectations, like he was going to come in and and turn into Shaq or Alonzo Mourning or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I also think that people haven't quite adjusted. They hear 100 million dollars, and I don't think they quite grasp what that actually means sure. in today's money. Um, and that's because the cap went up from 70 to 94 to 102 million next season. Um, and so essentially his deal is going to be, if you're thinking of two years ago, it's four years, 68, $69 million probably. Yeah. It's going to be less, you know, comparatively than what Ennis Cantor got. So um, just to kind of give you an idea on how these salaries have exploded, how the cap has gone up, um, you know, th- there is, there's a lot of time for him to grow into that contract. So for anyone out there that's wringing their hands, thinking this is going to be, you know, uh, like a team destroying contract, it's just, it's not likely to be unless he gets, you know, unless something terrible happens. Right. I want everybody to go look at the, the deals that Mike Conley and the deals that DeMar DeRozan (laughs) got right after their rookie, right after the rookie deals ended. And tell me what people, the analysis that was happening on both those guys. And, oh, DeAndre Jordan. Oh, De- yeah. Yeah, like DeAndre. Two, yeah. Yeah. He got a big, uh, I think it was four years, 40, 40 plus million. It was an offer sheet from Golden State mm-hmm. that the Clippers matched. And this is after his third year when he averaged like seven points and, I don't know, seven rebounds a game. Um, that one turned out okay. And he cashed in pretty big on his next deal. So, um, yeah, don't don't fret. I'd be a lot more concerned if you know Adams was twenty nine and entering this this extension. Sure. Yeah, twenty three is crazy young. Um, yeah, and, and he's still a good player. It's not like he's not any good. Uh, he's right. still contributing night in night out. Uh, he's been inconsistent this season, but find me one twenty three year old that's not inconsistent. 
um, because that's the way that 23-year-olds, that's how they live their lives inconsistently. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and again, I think some people just see that $100 million number and that's still kind of like a, um, you know, I mean, think about it. When Russell Westbrook, his first extension was five years and 80. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, you know, this is this is just how the league has changed. I think that $100 million kind of is, is still sticker shock to a lot of people. Same thing with Oladipo's $84 million. And, you know, as, as a percentage of the cap, these guys are going to be making less than 25% of the salary cap. So it's it's manageable, very manageable. And these guys have got a, a lot of growth ahead of them. Yeah. And I, man, I, I, I just think that eventually this deal is going to look like a steal because he got less than the max. Um, and you're going to see players like your these players are going to continue getting these deals and you're going to see it this summer. There's going to be more guys that are getting at max deals and you're going to be like, Oh, like I didn't know that he was a max player. Um, right. so just get ready for that. Uh, I think Taj is next. I think that everybody okay. else is clumped into this giant like ball of like thunder. I don't know what's going to happen from night to night guy. Right. Right. I mean, Sabonis yep. has had games. Jeremy Grant's had games. McDermott played well last night, but there's been games where he hasn't played well at all. Alex Abrinas was awesome until he hurt his knee. We haven't mentioned that. Um, yeah. Abrinas, they're, they're, they're more optimistic about him, I guess. Um, at this point, there's no information that's new other than he has a sprained knee, but he's kind of getting around okay on it. So Yeah. Um, Royce tweeted out, I guess, last night that he was walking around the locker room without crutches, not in a wheelchair, um, with a noticeable limp. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see after the MRI and and, and the x-rays. And and hopefully, I I would say if it was something more serious than that, um, he probably would not have even been in the locker room last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Obviously, Samaj is toward the bottom of the list. North Cole, bottom of the list. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, right. Kyle, Kyle Singler sitting at the bottom of the list. I mean, these are, these are just guys, they're young guys, or they're guys that really aren't NBA players. Uh, so to ask them to contribute night in, night out is probably not going to happen. So I would say that the top five contributors in this MVP season for Westbrook, in this 41 triple-doubles and counting season, Victor Oladipo, Andre Robertson, Ennis Cantor, Steven Adams, and Taj Gibson. Uh, three of which are players that can't play on the same on the floor together at the same time. Um, <laughs> one that's a 24 year old shooting guard that's adjusting to a new role. One guy who cannot shoot to save his life. These are the guys. Like these are the core guys. And this is a big deal, I think, when looking at Russell Westbrook's MVP case because these guys like. They have talent, and these are all NBA players, and they would play probably on any team in the NBA. I'm not discounting that. But the fit is weird, and I just want to reiterate that Russ is doing incredible historic things, and uh, he should be praised for it. Yep, Uh, and that is what uh, one of my radio mates, Kobe Daniels, said. There's a lot of puzzle pieces here that just don't fit. Yep. And, so uh, you know, Sam Presti's got some work ahead of him. I mean, and, and they know this. They've known this since July. Um, it just, you know, you typically just don't plant your foot and pivot that quickly in this league. So mm-hmm. they've got some work to do. But in the meantime, uh, it, it's thanks to Russ that, you know, the Thunder are going to be at least the sixth seed in the playoffs this season. Yeah, incredible. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We can follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. 
You can listen to on the franchise, follow your stuff on Bleacher Report. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DTD Podcast. You can email us, dtdpodcast at gmail.com. We are on dailythunder.com. We're proud to announce that uh, Daily Thunder is bringing in the guys of Up the Thunder to help run the site. Uh, it's going to be a really, really big deal. So look out for the changes that are happening on dailythunder.com. You can also follow us on almightyballer.com. There's big things coming there, too. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show, and enjoy your Wednesday.